This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. It's Friday. Good morning, afternoon, whatever it is. Uh, it's the afternoon. I have a glass of wine, so that it works. has to be afternoon. <laughs> uh, we have a ton of stuff. Yeah, that, big day. And big stuff going on. Let's, let's start with uh, what's Trump doing today? <sighs> So um, every year there's a group that has the uh, March for Life, which is the anti-choice group. Um, and normally, and it ha- it happens every year in Washington, D.C., and they're very dramatic about it. This year, so normally it just is a thing that happens. Like so many, like there's literally like a march a day in Washington, D.C. It's not like not everything is newsworthy. This year, our president, Donald Trump, decided he's going to speak at the March for Life, uh, which puts him as, as the uh, first president to do so. Another yeah. dubious honor that right. Donald Trump holds. He to the appeared, list. I think, via video in the past. And uh, obviously, Democrats haven't gone to it, I don't believe. But like, yeah, he's there. Which, here's what I want to know about. I'm not surprised that he's he's going there. I'm not surprised he's trying to make sure anti-abortion people are, like, in his camp. Because mm-hmm. he can't afford to lose anybody. Mm-mm. What I'm wondering is how many of those people at the rally understand he doesn't give a shit about their cause. He's just, one, trying to distract from the impeachment stuff. No. He's using them like he uses evangelical Christians because he's like, oh, you'll just be with me no matter what because you think I'm like your God now or yeah. you treat me like that because whatever, all the signs are like, you know, Trump is the most pro-life president ever, stuff like that. Which, he's I like, mean, the thing is, they're not wrong. He's passed more anti-choice garbage that is true. in the last couple of years. I mean, than, I, mean I guess sacrificed in, a bunch of brown people along the way. Sure. But, but who cares about those? They're already born. They're they already need to born, get right. jobs. They don't matter. It's the pre-born who matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we could talk about the hypocrisy of that movement yes. forever. But yeah, I just wonder how many of these people actually think he cares about their cause as opposed to he just knows they're dumb enough to listen. They'll they'll follow him to the ends of the earth right. as long as he talks and passes legislation or tries to or puts judges on the court. Yes. Federal courts um, who are anti-abortion. He's like, that's all it takes to get you people to like ignore all of my crimes. Yeah. All right, fine. <laughs> exactly. I'll show up at your march. <laughs> I actually want to read the press release thing that the uh, March for Life folks put out because it's definitely something that was written by President Donald Trump. Um, (laughs) Quote, I ask every citizen of this great nation, capital N nation, to listen to the sound of silence caused by a generation lost to us and then to raise their voices for all affected by abortion, both seen and unseen. (laughs) That definitely sounds like something he would say. (laughs) Never heard of Trump praise silence. (laughs) I also want to be petty Trump for a second. Trump probably yelled that out as someone read it to him or whatever. I went on their website. Look at their logo. Their logo. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a rose, but it's also supposed to be like a meta, like a symbolic It's mother. like a rose, but the inside petals are like a woman holding a fetus. Is that the most garbage logo you've ever seen? I don't know why it makes me so mad that these people can't even put together but a nice also, graphic. no one's talking about murdering living babies, so I don't get that oh, logo. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, according to this website, we all are constantly. Like, oh. you have the baby, and yes. they bring him over to the mother, and they're like... Good one, bad one. Good one, bad one. (laughs) I do remember (laughs) the guillotine in the operating room. Yeah, I mean, some people think it's very dramatic and very 19th century France, but I think it's necessary (laughs) because those babies have had it too easy for too long. Again, these March for Life people. Again, I know it's hypocrisy, but the idea of how little they care about the wars that he's starting, Mm -hmm. about the families he's separated, the lives he's ruined. They don't give a shit about any of that. They care about people who don't exist more than they care about people who do. Just as you walked up, I got this news alert. Uh, It said Iran's attack on U.S. troops in Iraq this month left 34 with brain injuries, the Pentagon said, and President Trump dismissed them as headaches. Uh huh. So I mean, he doesn't know the difference. No, but. he doesn't. But like to tout this man as some sort of like right. d- champion of humanity is 
stupid. Like I was going to say dislike, disingenuous, but hypocrisy is at the heart of this anti-choice movement. So it's not surprising that they were just like, yeah, Trump, he's on our side. He loves our cause. He cares about it. I wish I knew the answer and I will never get it for how many abortions he's personally paid for. Yeah. I actually went on Snopes to see if, um, (laughs) to see if there's any, or I Googled it to see if there's any, um, evidence and they're really i mean there's there's no evidence you there's gossip and yes. i don't know if there would be evidence but we also know that no matter what happens with this uh anti-choice garbage that's happening the donald trumps of the world will always be able to get abortions right no matter what <laughs> so like cool 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 as usual i have a happy Good story for you um it's unusual. It actually happened a month ago, but then it got traction this week, which was I'm weird. sorry. I send you stories all the time that are like six days old, and you're like, this is old news. Fuck it. Well, it got traction this week, which is the only <laughs> reason I want to talk about it. Um, Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers uh-huh. quarterback, uh-huh. did an interview last month with Danica Patrick, and they talked about religion. And this is the thing that Aaron Rodgers, and if you've ever seen him do interviews, he, I mean... When I've seen him do interviews, we're talking like he's playing video games. He seems pretty down to earth. Yeah. Um, seems he he won on Celebrity Jeopardy. Like, did he? I think they, if I have the story right, they asked his girlfriend to play because she was the bigger celebrity. And she's like, no, but you should ask Aaron Rodgers. He'll totally play. And then he did and he won. I don't know if they're still together. Uh, Um, but anyway, here's what he said in this interview because he, uh, religion came up and he was saying when he was younger, um, he really liked like the the Christian groups he was a part of, and he oh, went yeah, on missionary he trips. Munn. Yeah, I don't know if they're still together. Um, but oh no, now he's dating Danica Patrick. Well, there you go. That's oh, why they interviewed each other, right? So Poor he was talking about memor- uh, memorable missionary <laughs> trips he went to. But he said when he got to college, and of course, football takes over his life. Right. He got away from a lot of that stuff. But the NFL is a very religious place, mm-hmm. like the occasional one-off atheist who plays in the league, but it's a pretty religious and place. It's a big enough deal that we usually cover it on this show. Right. But uh, here's what he said in the interview. I don't know how you can believe in a God who wants to condemn most of the planet, you know, to a fiery hell. Like, what type of loving, sensitive, omnipresent, omnipotent being wants to condemn most of his beautiful creation to a fiery hell at the end of all this? Which is a good question. It's not an unusual question. Like any Christian apologist probably has a stock answer ready for you to explain away hell and how that meshes with a loving God. But just the fact that he raised it and he's questioning it. He didn't say the word atheist. Mm -hmm. But according to other stories that have been written about him, religion and his fame are a couple of the biggest reasons. There's like a rift with his family, which huh. he never talks about. Really? Yeah, but I think part of it is they're super religious, his family, and he's not, even whether whatever label he uses, um, it's one of the things that has been a big deal in his life. That's really interesting. Yeah. I and it's and it's funny how celebrities like or like uh, athletic celebrities like the Tim Tebow's of the world, and yeah. I'm sure somebody from New Orleans I think is really religious, and a thing happened. I don't follow <laughs> football myself, um, but you know so much about him, and then Aaron Rodgers comes out with like something kind of ambiguous. You're like, oh, I knew nothing about his his religion, and that was okay. Right. <laughs> I would be fine going the rest of my I, life not knowing most of the quarterbacks' religious preferences. I think people were very surprised if they haven't been familiar with him. The fact that he would bring it up and raise the question. Yeah. And I wonder how many people have, like, started shit with their families just for asking what is a pretty basic, straightforward question about religion that I think a lot of young people, too, when they first, like, get to the age where they can Why ask these God questions. Good thing, bad things happen to good people is, like, that's the, the question, right? question. So... Very interesting. Uh, I don't. He hasn't gotten any like professional Blow backlash for it because he's not playing right now, so no one cares. Like they're not in the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. But it's who is a, it? The Chiefs and somebody else. The uh, wow. uh, Kansas wow. City. That's the Chiefs. 49ers. Fuck you. <laughs> no, I mean that those are the two. The, the Kansas City, the famous <laughs> Kansas City former. You know what it is. What are I don't doing? know what just happened. What are you doing? What kind of dog and pony show are we I'm writing? Talking to my real friends. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Sidebar. Um, yes. Last night, uh, my husband and I started the uh, Aaron Hernandez documentary on um, Netflix. Do you know anything about what I'm talking about? Vaguely, yes. Do you know who Aaron Hernandez, Hernandez Football. is? Football. 
Football. Good job, Hammett. Good work. Go on. Um, Aaron Hernandez was a tight end for the uh, 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 New England Patriots. Good job, Jessica. Mm-hmm. Good at football. Um, was a huge star, and then he was um, accused of murdering somebody and then ended up ending his own life in jail. And so it's just a documentary about like who he is, where he came from, like what got him to this point. So it's a little 30 for 30. It's a little true crimey. Um, I would really recommend it. I'm, I'm through two of the three episodes and it was better than I expected. Cause again, I don't know if I've made it clear. I don't give a flying fuck about <laughs> football. It is something I deeply don't care about. Um, but the sort of culture around like who this kid was, who like, made these terrible choices, even though he's from like a bougie city in Connecticut. Like it's, it's, it's a very interesting Massachusetts or Connecticut. Anyway, it's a very Connecticut. It's a good doc. I would recommend it. And there's like exploration of like being gay in the NFL that I was not expecting and am fascinated by anyway. It's on Netflix. I'd recommend it. I haven't finished it yet, so it could be a real stinker at the end, but I don't think that one's going to get spoiled. No, I don't think so either. So here's a story about a church in Minnesota, a small church, like very few people, like 20, 30 people attend it, Mm -hmm. but somehow it made national news this week. And here's the reason why. So this is the Grove United Methodist Church in Cottage Grove, Minnesota. They're actually closing down in June, doing like renovations and opening up again in November. But what they told their current congregation, again, 20, 30 people and I'm paraphrasing here, Mm -hmm. is you guys are way too old. We're bringing in this young guy to help us rejuvenate this church, and we need you to get out and make room for young people so we can be hip and cool, and everything will be better after that. But after we've done that, if you want to come back, that's cool. But for now, get the fuck out. (laughs) That's the message. At least that's the way some of the members interpreted whatever it is they said. The church has made it very clear in interviews, like, we did not tell the old people to get out. <laughs> but when they actually explain what they did, that is exactly... <laughs> they, they put an intricate set of stairs so old people couldn't climb it to get into the church. <laughs> right. And they here's what they said. The, they said... You, you have to have 2,000 Twitter followers to get into the church. <laughs> <laughs> you have to know what Twitter is to get into the church. Yeah. What they said is, we have two campuses. We have this one, and we have another one. They said, all of you at this campus, go to the other one in the months we have off and as we restart this church and come back later. So that's why they're like, see, we didn't tell them to get out. We just said, go to that other building for now, where we don't want young people showing or old people showing up here. Uh, a memo recommend. This is from the article about it. A memo recommends that they stay away for two years, then consult the pastor about reapplying. <laughs> what? Yeah. What the fuck is happening? The church says we did not say they have to reapply, but that is. But they stay have away a- for two years. <laughs> yeah, that's, Jesus, that's what they said. Um, and basically, when they asked the pastor about it, he's they weren't. They were like trying to justify what they were doing, saying like we have not figured out how to reach new people there Uh that's the problem and that's why they're saying like just step away for a bit so we can figure things out on our end bring it back it'll be a bigger better church you can all come back at that time um it's just what's weird to me is it's like if you want to invite young people yeah one of the ways to like not do that is to say we don't give a shit if you Pass your expiration date for us. We don't care about you after a certain time. Mm-hmm. Or we'll ask you to, like, come on, help us out here. Get out. It's like women in Hollywood. Like, they just <laughs> understand they're no longer welcome right. here. When you're 31, you out. are done. Get don't out. Don't make a scene. Right. And we'll have 25-year-olds playing 50-year-olds in old lady makeup. <laughs> right. Um, and by the way, one of the old people, old people, uh, who was quoted in the piece hilarious by the way i don't know why you don't want these people in your church (laughs) one of them said they want us to mow the lawn and shovel the snow as if anyone would do that the whole plan makes me sick i believe it's evil said i believe this person's wife we're supposed to be the silent partners and still give money (laughs) like they want the old by the way young people who are coming to your church don't have cash like how are you going to build this church with young people who don't have disposable income while kicking out the people who have like stocks and oh, a bank account, bank you know, account. <laughs> whatever it is. A 401k. So, 
Um, wow. Good job, Minnesota. You're really, <laughs> really preaching God's love out there. Um, I want to talk about uh, the Church of England. Yes. Who is really proving itself to uh, to really get it. Like get Speaking of churches kids. with old people. <laughs> um, so recently, uh, bishops from the Church of England uh, have have issued pastoral guidance in response to the recent introduction to mixed sex civil partnerships, which says, so I guess in the UK, now you can do civil partnerships. They already have marriage equality, but you can get a civil partnership. It's legal now. It's just another thing that they're saying, oh, we need to make sure that this is equal as well. So yay. Because it's mid, so they must've only had like same sex civil partnerships. And now you can do it if you're, if you're not, if you're hetero. Um, Anyway, they said, quote, for Christians, marriage, that is the lifelong union between man and woman contracted by the making of vows, remains the proper context for sexual activity. Um, So basically, it says, uh, it follows up, quote, sexual relationships outside heterosexual marriage are regarded as falling short of God's purpose for human beings. So they really kind of get it i can't be clear enough that the church of england understands what's important to people and that is whether or not you have a ring on your finger and a cool party before you bang well also, ring you on have your to finger from someone of the bo- opposite you have sex. to have, have be a boy and a girl um it is just such a like they're moonwalking in the wrong direction so <laughs> fucking quickly i cannot believe it what's what's strange is like they didn't even need to issue this they no. already had a policy that's anti-gay this is what we, we all, call an unforced error yeah we already know the church of england is anti-gay but they went out of their way to say hey leaders of our church just to remind you we're really really anti-gay yeah. like don't get fooled Not by even just equality. anti-gay but anti like you know do whatever you want to do. If I have this right, do you know who founded the Church of England? Henry, Henry the Eighth. Right? Do you know how many wives that guy had? According to the song, eight. Uh huh. <laughs> Go on. But wait, is I'm that very only curious because he's Henry goes. the Eighth? No. <laughs> he was Henry the Eighth, and he also had eight wives. No, he had six wives. Six wives. Killed a couple of them. I got um, married to the widow next door. She's been married seven. T- oh, she was married seven times before. But everyone was a Henry. What is that song? Do you know I what song no I'm talking about? I have no idea what the hell you're I'm talking about. I'm Henry VIII. I am. Oh, yeah. Henry VIII. I am. I it's from Herman's Hermits. It is. Why do I know that? Because uh, you're as cool as I am. That's not the answer. <laughs> um, but. Yeah. It was that guy he, was, was like killing wives and getting divorced and all that fun stuff. He was the one who founded the Church of England so he could get divorced, right? That was him? That sounds right. Or was that right. somebody else? I don't know. But they the were really point playing is, fast and loose with church. In again, England. if you're telling me to live up to the, telling anybody to live up to the standards of the Church of England, like, yeah, really. <laughs> like model your marriage after Henry VIII. <laughs> <laughs> Behead you only get a, a couple of your wives. Outlive your wife, guillotine her, <laughs> divorce her. Number six will live. We're good. Um, God. The Church of England also doesn't permit uh, same-sex marriage, but it does allow clergy to be in same-sex civil partnerships as long as they are abstinent. Oh, yeah. Abstinence is fine if you're gay. Like, Jesus. It's just such a... Actually, I was going to try to summarize, but what... No, if you're the Church of England, how do you get young people to join? Like, that's actually, ex- when I was typing up these notes, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Like, oh my God, they're saying all these dumb things and it doesn't make sense. But like, people can just not listen. I've spent my entire life not listening to the Church of England and I'm doing okay. Um, <laughs> Linda Woodhead is a professor in the Department of Politics, Philosophy and Religion at Lancaster University, I'm sure it's Lancaster or something. They don't like vowels. So the Church of England, which they all call the C of E, which is super hip, <laughs> the Church of England is unable to get over its fixation on homosexuality, which is driving the national church into a position more like a fundamentalist sect and does not speak to the vast majority of younger people today. Surprise. So Linda gets it. Sounds about right. Yeah. I'm going to give you a quiz here. It's four oh, questions God. long. It's about okay. the Holocaust. So if you get anything wrong, we all know what that means. <sighs> Fuck me. Okay. Question one. Yeah. When did the Holocaust happen? Your options are... Oh, good. <laughs> between 1890 and 1910, 1910 to 1930, 30 to 50, 50 to 70. 30 to 50. You are right. Phew. Number two. How many Jews were killed in the Holocaust? Less than 1 million? Uh-huh. About 3 million? About 6 million? More than 12 million? 
Is it six million? It is. Good job. What were Nazi-created ghettos? Four options. Mm -hmm. Parts of town where Jews were forced to live. Uh Places where Jews were killed. Factories where Nazis forced political opponents to work. Housing for poor Nazis. A. It was A. It's parts of towns where Jews were forced to live. They pushed them in those areas. Okay. Last question. How did Hitler become Chancellor of Germany? By democratic political process, by violently overthrowing the German government, by hereditary succession, by agreement with nearby countries. A. Yep, democratic political process. He was elected, and then he, like, just became Hitler. Okay, you got four out of four right. Good job. Thank you. The Pew Research Center uh, did a survey that we talked about a while ago about religious knowledge. And it was kind of newsworthy because atheists always do well on those quizzes, way better than like evangelical Christians. Jews always do really well as well. Well, they just came out with a new report specifically talking about the questions they asked relating to the Holocaust. And it was those four questions. And what they said is that of the people they spoke to for that quiz, Jews got the highest score on it. Okay. Their average score on those four questions was 3.2. Okay. Atheists and agnostics, separately, they got 3.1. Uh-huh. Christians got, take a guess. 50%. <laughs> I want to make sure I get the right. It's Christians overall, uh-huh. 2.1. Okay. I was right. Like, yep, about 50%. Uh, evangelicals in particular, white evangelicals, 2.1. Um, historically, black Protestants... Uh, was 1.0. That was the lowest number on the list. But the point is, like, Christians got significantly lower than Jews, who have skin in the game here, and atheists and agnostics who tend to know about religious conflict Uh more, I would imagine, than other groups. Um, Do you you have, like, what questions were the most commonly missed? Oh, good. So when it came to... So for me, I was thinking the hardest question would be defining what a ghetto is or how did Hitler become... The, the leader of Germany, the chancellor of Germany. Yeah. Um, I think most people know about when it happened, World War II, and, like, how many people died. Yeah, but, I was second-guessing myself. I was thinking three million. I, I couldn't remember if it was, like, yeah. three million Jews plus other all, people. all the other I gotcha. people. I couldn't. I, I was, yeah. Yeah, but, um, so, atheists. If I yeah. look at the atheist line, yeah. uh, 87% knew when it happened. Uh-huh. Uh, 84% knew what ghettos were. 63% knew it was six million. 76, uh, 63 was that lowest answer in the bunch. Like how many people were killed in the Holocaust? Okay. That was the worst question for atheists. 76% knew how Hitler became chancellor of Germany. Now compare that to Christians. Their worst answer, only 39% of people got it right, was how did Hitler get elected? Hmm. Um, Or how did he become chancellor? Which is kind of scary because if you don't know how, like if you ask people, I think most people would say, okay, yeah, of course Hitler's a horrible person. What he did was horrible. Sure. Okay, how did he get there? Like, how did people just allow him to do his Hitler thing? Right. And the answer is it was a democracy. They elected him to be leader until whatever came into their national psyche. Yeah. But, like, if you don't know that... Hitler got elected to his position, and mm-hmm. it's not like his views were a big surprise after he got into office. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be surprising that the same sort of people would support Donald Trump. I'm not comparing those two. I'm saying, like, yeah, this is how tyrannical people get in power. Yeah. It's not always a coup. It's not right. always some overthrow. It could just be this was the will of the people, and then someone took advantage of it. And if you don't know that, you don't, like, people, I've heard people make this argument, like, no, Donald Trump could never be as awful as liberals like to paint him as right. because he was an elected official. You right. don't like him, you can un, you can vote for someone else or whatever. It doesn't work like that. No, and it also ignores what's going on with the Republican Party, but that's a conversation for another day. Right. Well, and I also think it's it's really interesting to see. So I being in high school when what's our reality now it seemed kind of unimaginable, right? Like, when I was in high school, the idea of a Donald Trump being president was... Right. Was, I would I would have thought in high school, demographics would have caught up to the country by yes. now, and we wouldn't... We probably... After Bush, we probably wouldn't have a the Republican is, in office for a long time. I thought... 
I, I agree, but I also, again, I think we ran into like gerrymandering and, and interference that we couldn't have imagined. I don't think we could have imagined a Republican Party that put themselves in front of their country like so readily. Anyway, um, boy, I sure forgot my uh, train. Oh, no, no. So, yeah. but, so what's interesting is you, you read these stories about, about the Nazis and the, the people who were so easily turned against the Jews and so it found it so easy to other them. Um, and it's wild that the exact same thing is happening right now with brown people, Mexicans, things like that, gay people. And those people, I bet those people who are anti-immigration and anti-gay, et cetera, are the same people who think they would have been the ones sheltering Jews in, mm-hmm. in, you know, 1930s Germany. And like, guess what? Like you're living it now, how you would have reacted in, in Germany. And there are some churches that are is, housing yeah. refugees, but it's not like the white it, evangelical ones we're used right. to hearing. It, it's just, it's just wild because I think people love to say, well, if I was in that time period, I would have done X. I would have been a freedom rider if I, you know, if I was living in, you know, pre, you know, seg- segregated America. I would have been the one hiding Jews and risking my life. If you're not doing anything about what's going on right now and not pr- and protecting poor people, protecting people, minorities, people, protecting pregnant people, you wouldn't done fuck all in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um. One silver lining to this survey, they pointed out that when you correlate how people responded to those Holocaust questions with some other factors, it was pretty clear if you do this, you're more likely to get stuff right. Mm -hmm. Um, What are those things? Having a formal education, sure, if you go to graduate from high school, graduate from college, it makes you more likely to know facts about the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. Okay. Visiting a Holocaust museum. Yes. Personally knowing someone who's Jewish. Sure. Yeah. Which to me suggests like, whatever route you take, you can learn this sort of stuff. The information is out there. It is within your grasp of understanding how these things work or what happened. Can we be petty for a second? But some people are choosing not to do any of those things. If it takes you knowing a Jewish person to be like, hey, the Holocaust is bad, then like you need to do some (laughs) fucking soul searching, my dude. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) I just, I, I think that's what's interesting. And we've seen that time and time again, and it's always on the right, that people don't give a fuck about anything unless it, unless it affects right. them personally. I'm not for gay marriage Until unless, my oh, son came out. Right. And, oh, wait, I don't understand. Right. There's actually an amazing, in this uh, Aaron Hernandez doc, mm-hmm. a really interesting exchange of, like, this, like, basically who I would describe as the prototype of, like, toxic masculinity. And his son, who was the high school quarterback, is gay. And they're sort of... Dealing like kind of dealing with that a little bit on camera was incredible to see. But on the other hand, like, man, if this guy had two straight sons, like he said he wanted, this is not the man we'd be talking to today. All the people who are like, I love women. I have daughters. Well, if you didn't, then what? And also, what does your wife think about that? (laughs) (laughs) Didn't care about women until. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Different story altogether. And this one is... It just happened and it's messed up. Okay, I, I think we may have talked about this before, but I'm not sure, so here's the background. Uh, there's a city in Kentucky, Berea. They have a city council, and it's a eight-member city council. Uh, I think mayors included get something like that. rid of the pledge? Uh, no, has okay. nothing to do with the pledge. But they used to have invocations, and this became an issue because several months ago, the mostly conservative members of the city council offered a proposal to literally hire a Baptist preacher to deliver invocations at every meeting. They would pay him like 25 bucks a pop. He would show up, do the invocation, leave. Of course, they would be Christian prayers. I'll do it for 10. (laughs) Well, they were like, they're using taxpayer money to pay a preacher to give a Christian prayer. Like there's so many levels of illegality (laughs) illegality here. So one of the members of the city council, um, and I'm totally butchering her name. I'm so sorry. Emily LaDucier. LaDucier. Um, Emily. Let's call her Emily because mm-hmm. I'm disrespectful. Um, she actually said, hey, this is a big mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, she brought it to the public's attention on her Facebook page, basically saying like, hey, they're trying to do this. This is a big mistake. Right. And it, there was enough backlash in a sense, that the city council said, okay, okay, we'll modify the plan. We won't pay the guy. 
Yeah, that's which a is which is fine. Good. Don't give him money for this thing. That's good. Also, you can't have a preacher deliver all the invocations. There's no law that allows that. So it's still a problem. Okay, this is still a while back. Then they decided to table the issue entirely okay. while they like looked into the legality sure. of it. All right, fine. So that was the last time <laughs> I heard about Let me know when this. you find how legal it is, my dude. <laughs> right. So here's the update. So since that time, this was like in August, here's what's happened. Emily asked to join and was allowed to join the invocation subcommittee that like discusses this in detail, then presents proposals to the rest of the council. So uh-huh. that's good. You have a voice of reason in that room, right? Yeah. So that's one thing. Um, the city's attorney also said you can't have a higher chaplain delivering the invocations. <laughs> so that's also good. Uh-huh. And so Emily gets in this invocations committee. She suggests she offers a fully formed proposal, attorney vetted proposal that says moment of silence. Just do that. Everything will be fine. Free as hell. <laughs> Free as hell. You don't have to pay the silence, uh-huh. whatever. Um, but the fellow committee members said no. Oh. Like, have they said yes? You we can say... We fucking hate silence. God can't hear our silence. <laughs> right. So she was like, well, then I'll, I'll try pitching it to the full council anyway and just uh-huh. say, look, I'll do this on my own then since the committee doesn't like it. Um, they also voted it down like six to two. So no luck there. Everyone just wants these Christian-only policies. We have to pray. It's so important to our government. And by the way, there are recordings where one of the fellow council members... Like, says, no, we want these prayers before meetings. And Emily asks, do you want specifically Christian prayers? Yes. Like, dude, you're on You're tape saying, saying this the shit. quiet part out loud right. again. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> so now it's 2020. Uh-huh. It's a new year. And what that means for the council is that we got to fill up our calendar with invocation speakers. So they're using their old rules, since they never adopted new ones. And their old rules say invocation speakers must be part of, like, an approved congregation in the city. Okay. And the way they make that list is, like, go through the yellow pages or something like that. Newspapers. Pages. Yeah. <laughs> But that also means you have to have a building. Find your phone book from 1997. Go through the yellow pages. So they like have this. E for evangelical. (laughs) They have this pre-formed list Uh of all the churches in our city. And they send letters to the churches saying, does anyone want to give an invitation? If you do, reach out to the city council, contact this number, whatever. And we'll add you to the schedule. The problem is if you belong to a small enough congregation where you don't have a building, Uh you're not on that list. If you belong to like a very small minority religion, you're not on the list. If you're an atheist, obviously you're not on the list. So basically this is another workaround to just get Christians on the list. Uh It turns out, according to Emily, there are like nine people who have reached out to her who said, I want to give an invocation and they're not on the list. And so she said, I want to give them the form that they got to fill out. And the city gives her the forms to give to these people. But it's not the same form huh. that the other pastors get. It's it also like the pastors are told, contact the city clerk to get your name on the schedule. Emily's forms say, talk to Emily. Like, they're just different forms. It's very much, and I don't use this phrase in the context, but like, it's a very separate but equal sort of procedure <laughs> they have going on here. It's all messed up. Uh-huh. So again, once again, Emily says, I'm on this invocation subcommittee. Can I, let me call a special meeting. You guys are heading down this horrible path here. <laughs> like a lawsuit's totally going to happen yeah. and you're all going to be in trouble. Our city is going to be in trouble. I'm here representing people in the city. I don't want the city to be in trouble. She, yesterday, she asked for a special committee meeting just to discuss how we handle this stuff. Mm-hmm. All of, there's now three other colleagues on the subcommittee. They all ditch. <laughs> it's just her. Classy. So yesterday afternoon, she writes a letter to the mayor saying, I'm going to read this. It's short. I write to inform you that as of today, I'm stepping away from resigning my seat on the Invocations Procedure Committee. I cannot in good conscience take part in a committee that willfully impedes religious, non-religious inclusion in our invocation process. Sounds like she has a conscience and morals. Right. And her thinking here is like, look, an if understanding you, of law. Yeah, if you outnumber me, I can't get anything done on this council. Sure. And if I'm proposing all these things and you don't care, it's just a waste of time. Sure. Um, and clearly you don't care what I have to say. So why am I being on this additional council where right. my voice doesn't matter here, um, which is a legit concern. 
I sincerely think that some of these people who are not getting the same form, who aren't being allowed to speak, Mm -hmm. they could easily file a lawsuit against the city. They would win in a heartbeat heartbeat. because there's no version of the law that says, nope, you can exclude some people if they're not Christian, if they have a building. Like Even the Supreme Court has not allowed that. They made that clear. So kudos to her for sticking up for it and raising awareness about this issue. If you live in the town, dude, contact Berea officials. What, what town is it again? This is B-E-R-E-A, Berea, Kentucky. Um, yeah, just get on their case and tell them to stop pulling this bullshit. Yeah, that's rough. Um, different story. I need to change uh, mindsets Gears. for a second. Years, yes. Uh, Dennis Prager, that conservative uh, guy who just says a bunch of stupid stuff that right-wing people like. You have to narrow it down. I'm sorry. Uh, He's the guy who founded Prager University on YouTube, which is like the university where you get dumber after you watch their videos. Oh, sure. Which doesn't narrow it down either. (laughs) um, Anyway, he writes this video. Here's what he said in a recent video. That wasn't a specific fact that he got wrong, which is all of his other videos. Uh-huh. He was basically, uh, someone asked him about like the old Donald Trump access Hollywood tape. And he wanted to dis the one where he said, I, you can grab yeah, women. Yeah. yeah. He's, he wanted to say it doesn't matter. That's his argument. And here's how he said it. He said, I don't care what people say privately, nor should you. That is not an accurate indicator of a person's character. Is that clear? Private talk is not an indicator of a person's character. There is no one, no one alive, who, if everything they said privately had been recorded and then allowed to the world, could not be made to look like a terrible person. That person does not exist. Which, I think the last part is actually true. Like, if, if all of your, like personal private dialogues were recorded and broadcast to the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of us would probably look like dicks. But also that's because you're a dick. Like, (laughs) I'm not saying we're not. I'm just saying, like, yeah, that's because those recordings are revealing. No one's saying, let's take something out of context. Yeah, but when I'm talking shit about somebody and saying that, like, I think they're secretly a bigot and fat phobic, that's not me saying... I'm going to assault them and right. saying it gleefully. And those two things are pretty different, I think. And of course, like, it's the opposite. That's true. It's those private conversations right. that gives you the accurate indicator. What do you want? Like the private thing he says to his friends when he thinks no one's recording. Right. Or the scripted whatever Trump's saying at the March for Life rally today. Yeah. Like, what matters more? Him saying, like, here's money. Go pay for that woman's abortion that's secretly recorded. Mm-hmm. Like... Or what he says in private. Remember, private conversations, presidential stuff. We're talking about Billy Graham's going along with Richard Nixon's anti-Semitism. Uh-huh. Saying like, yeah, the Jews, whatever. Yeah. Like, that was recorded privately because they didn't think anyone would hear it. And all the tapes, whatever. No, the reason, like, recordings surface after. Or Mitt Romney saying like, yeah, 47% of the people in the country are freeloaders yeah. or whatever he said. Why did why did that have impact? Because he didn't think people outside mm-hmm. that room would hear it. Because and the whole reason that got any resonance is because that's a true sign of who he is and what he believes, right? Not whatever he says on a campaign speech. <sighs> so again, it's this isn't even a fact. This guy's lying about. But it's, his opinions are wrong. It's these people tying themselves into knots to make Trump be the good guy, and yeah. it's it is embarrassing, and it is. Not going to age well. I'll tell you that right fucking now. I mean, you hope not, but who knows? Um, I really don't believe in this idea that, like, we're always moving in this direction of progress and goodness and things will get better over time. Like, no, they don't have to. Um, um I... That's why people have to keep fighting these things. No, no, no. I, I don't... I I'm don't, not saying you're saying that. No, but, I mean, I think it is a a thing that... In the big picture, things are going to get but It's like climate versus weather, right? Like, mm-hmm. in the big picture, the climate is but going one exactly direction. But that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, I don't think the climate... snow in on the ground. But I don't think the climate, in this case, I don't think it's going to get better over time. And it's that's why people I, need to keep fighting the battles. Be, right. Well, I don't think anybody's saying we're not fighting the battle. We're not sitting back and crossing our arms and waiting for things to get better. Right. But also, people like this guy, whose name I can't remember, don't say it, I don't care. Mm-hmm. He is going to have fewer people who are listening to him. He's going to be less consequential. Like, the this dudes of the world are still probably going to exist, but it's just a question of how many people are going to follow them. And I have to believe that, that things are going to get better. Yeah, I mean, look I'm way what more happens. cynical. But look what's happened with gay rights in the last 
20 years. It's, right, because people fought for that. I, but, right. Kevin, you're implying that we're all saying just if we sit back and f- cross our arms, things are just going to get better. So Things are going to get better because we are fighting these Okay, battles. but I've heard way too many people say, like, don't worry. In in t- I've heard Democrats say this this week. Like, how do these Republicans want to look in the history books about how they're stonewalling all the impeachment stuff? It's like, who? why are you assuming the history books are going to make Donald Trump look bad? I mean, yeah, you hope they do because that would be accurate. But I mean, also, no, there's no guarantee that history is going to say, well, Donald Trump was the worst corrupted president ever. There's no guarantee that they're going to say that. There's no guarantee. But I think history has shown us that that the level of corruption that we're seeing on its face is going to be reflected poorly and through the eyes of history. I, I just don't see how it. Unless we were looking at a full 1984 style takeover by Thank the, you. By the that GOP. is exactly oh. what I'm saying. Oh my God. But when people Whatever, say. Whatever, you quote The Handmaid's Tale the same way. <laughs> but, but I'm not hoping for it. I feel like you're like. No oh one my. hopes for the Inquisition. It just happens. <laughs> and I, I guess my, my point is when people are saying this, it's not a one-off thing. It is in the midst of a conversation that we're also having of, and so that's why I'm going to go knock on doors or that's why I'm like, nobody, I mean, not nobody. That's an absurd thing to say. Many people who say, you know, hey, Republicans, history is going to judge you harshly are also the people who are, our elected officials who are doing their best to make sure history is going in the right direction. And like, yes, right now we are seeing a horrible backswing, but I am hoping with my entire heart that this is like a dead cat bounce, that this is the the death rattles of a angry old white group of people. Hopefully. None of these Republicans, none of the elected Republicans care every morning and I I need to like cling to something (laughs) like none of the Republicans care about any of this stuff. And most of the country is apathetic about like they're not paying any attention which is all the more room for those Republicans to keep pushing the propaganda and Prager's not helping. But I mean, young people are more politically engaged than they ever have been before. Like, the, like look what we saw. On, no, God. I disagree again. Oh my God. They're not more. Some of them are, they're more politically savvy than they used to be. But by and large, I don't have the numbers on me. I would guess. By and large, most young people, like most adults, couldn't tell you like who the vice president is. They don't know anything that's going on. They're not paying attention. No one's paying attention. There's a handful of people on all these sides who are paying attention and care massively. But like, I think about this when I think of the primaries, like who's going to win in the primary. Most people have no idea. Maybe they know the name of Joe Biden. They have no idea who's running in the primaries. We care obsessively about it. The right wing cares obsessively about it. No one's paying any attention to any of this stuff. That's what scares me. Um, I said this in a thing the other day, but like apathy is way more concerning than right wing like stupid shit. It's the apathy because most people, if they knew what was going on, you would think they would get outraged and they don't care. And maybe there's legit. They have better things to do. They have their lives to take care of. I get that. But they're not paying attention. Yeah, you're right. My cautious optimism. What I'm saying is don't wake up in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you (laughs) I have good news I want to talk about Go, go, go Uh, Utah became the 19th state to ban uh, gay conversion torture Look at that Yay And um, like Utah Yeah Like red state Utah I think I saw two thirds of Utahns are Mormon So it's a real strong religious contingency. Now, if um, I have this right, the Mormon church opposed this. Of course they did, like getting rid of gay torture. Right. But they were like, all right, fine. We won't officially tell our people to be against this as long as you say, like, there's a difference between licensed therapists in the state mm-hmm. who now, if they promote gay conversion torture and like, you can be straight if you try hard, right. they will lose their license. That's basically what the law does. Right. But what if you're like a Mormon leader who says, we have these beliefs that say if you're gay, you should be abstinent or you can't get gay married. You're not going to touch us, right? Like uh-huh. you won't, you'll let us still do that and help them ease out of the gayness. Right. The state, the law basically says, yeah, we're not going to arrest you for doing that. So then the church is like, all right, fine. We won't oppose this bill. So that's why it passed. I mean, it's baby steps, right? Baby steps. But it's, it's, again, 
going in the right direction. Like justice. <laughs> Fuck you. It's the most naive thing. Uh, Martin Luther King said that. Are you calling him naive? He was not. He was cynical, too. He hoped he wanted to lead people there. But, like, he, he knew it would not happen, like, anytime soon unless people fought. That's what John Lewis Nobody said. Nobody is saying that. People aren't fighting him. Why no, no, no. I know people are fighting. But, like, it, there's no guarantee that just because people are in the fight that it's going to go in that direction. Wasn't there a show that was going to be on HBO, like, what if the Confederate States won the Civil War? Like, yep. there's no guarantee the Union's going to win. Then what happens? You say another thing. Then those history books look very different. Hey, let's talk about my uh, former home state of Indiana. <laughs> Lived in Indiana for four years. This is not a good news story, I take it? Went to Ball State University, which also is embroiled in a fun racial scandal. Have oh, you really? Heard of this? No. Um, apparently, fuck, I'm so embarrassed about this. Um, what did your people do? So, Ball State, at least when I went there, it was a pretty white school. Um, but... Uh, apparently a, uh, a young woman of color was sitting in her classroom and a professor asked her to move for no specific reason and she didn't. And so he called the cops on her. Jesus. Can you fucking believe that? And I was lit when I heard that story, I was literally like, I need to get a new ball state hoodie. My, my <laughs> ball state hoodie is 15 years old and has holes in it. I guess I'll get a Cubs hoodie. I don't know. I, yeah. uh, I get so, a... so wait, what's going on oh, in Indiana. Indiana now? Yeah, there's more bad news out of Indiana. Um, there is a proposal introduced in the Indiana House of Representatives this week that would ban abortion in the state at any point during the pregnancy. Um, so that's not unusual. Republican state doing an abortion ban. The bill uh, changes every reference from fetus to, quote, unborn child. and states <laughs> that the General Assembly finds that why do they say unborn child when the only reason they're doing it is to get the word child in there? Like it's harder yeah. to be opposed to like infanticide or whatever. Why not just say unborn adult, unborn doctor, <laughs> unborn whatever? Like, unborn first woman president. Right. Of the like States. why not just take it to the logical conclusion of whatever they're trying to get at? God, sometimes I want to like show these people a heavy period and be like, do you see my unborn child? <laughs> I know that's not how it works, but I just still think it'd be funny. Um, <laughs> so fucking gross. Why did I say that? <laughs> uh, it states that the General Assembly finds that human physical life begins when a human ovum is fertilized by a human sperm. Thank God they specified human. Because <laughs> Jesus, we could get some fucking buck wild shit here. Um, changes the definition of human being from, quote, an individual who has been born and is alive to, quote, having human physical life regardless of whether the individual has been born. And that makes abortion not just abortion illegal, but it makes it murder. Mm -hmm. um, it removes all references to abortions or abortion clinics um, because abortion isn't a thing. It's just murder. Right. right. Um, it also uh, invokes the 10th Amendment, which states that all powers not delegated to the federal government are left to the states. So, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Fine. Um, an unusual move, the bill also states that any court decision to strike down a law will be treated as, quote, non-authoritative, void, and of, and of no force. Okay, this is what I don't get. Right. What? So basically, they're writing this anti-abortion bill saying, oh, if a court, if a judge says this is illegal, we can ignore it. You can't add that to a law that That's says this work. is immune from any scrutiny. <laughs> like... That then every bill would just end with, ha-ha, can't do anything once this passes, can't sue me. That, no, that, how do you just I add mean, that to a bill? And I hate that the stupid local news, like, it's an unusual move. No, it's illegal. It doesn't work. That's yeah, not how the law, not law works. works. You're the reporter. Say that. And like, Stop being neutral about this, and this crazy is, shit. It just fucking sucks because it hits really close to home. I went to college in Indiana, uh, not to brag, but I know a couple of people who got abortions while we were in college. And, like, the, uh, the idea of, like, seeing that scared 19-year-old girl who found out she was pregnant to think that she had no choice in the matter to decide what happened to her body is... 
And now she's going to be a murderer. It's haunting. It's Mm -hmm. haunting. Yeah. My dog, if you hear noises, my dog is asleep and dreaming and growling because she's She hears it. Anyway, it's just a really, um, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, honestly, sometimes I sit down at this mic and think, like, what the fuck else can I say? What else can Mm -hmm. I say? This onslaught keeps coming. It's not stopping. And we have to do something about it. And, I mean, I know a lot of us are doing the most we can, but... I don't know. This fucking sucks. It's a handmaid's tale, man. I told We're you. We're going to have that hanging out soon. This is, uh, we didn't talk about this yet, but it did happen this week. Uh, the Supreme Court had a case this week. Probably the biggest uh, church-state separation story, nationally speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we talked about the case before, but in general, the this is Espinoza v. Montana Department of Revenue. Sounds Ooh, boring. Montana. I know. I know. All sides of this sound very detailed and boring. But here's the gist of it. This is another one of my home states. Um, <laughs> Montana used to have this law that said, they passed a bill, that said if you give a $150 scholarship to like a school, you can write it off on your taxes. So they would, the state would give you an income tax credit. But it applied to private schools, religious schools as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And they blocked off like $3 million to give people these tax breaks. And so basically, if you donated money to a Christian school, the state was giving you money as a reward. Mm-hmm. That's what this boiled down to. So the state was supporting religion? Right. And the Montana Constitution specifically says, like the U.S. Constitution, like, you can't do that. There's, they have a no-aid clause that it explicitly forbids public money funding religious schools. Uh-huh. So the Montana Supreme Court... They finally take this case and they say, yeah, the law is illegal. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. So that's where we that's where this was. Now, this case was in front of the Supreme Court this week. And the argument is a couple things. One is overturn that decision. It was fine. You're discriminating against religious people by saying you can't do this thing. But again, the Montana Supreme Court did like they didn't say you can't give money to the religious schools, but everywhere else you can give money to and get this tax credit. They said you can't have this law saying here's a tax break if you give money. They struck down the whole law. It treats everybody the same. So you can't say this is religious discrimination because no one's getting this benefit. Okay. so it's there's no special perk or anything like that. And. The Supreme Court case is saying the Montana Constitution that says you can't give, use public money for religious Mm -hmm. schools, like, they said that's illegal. So, like, override the Montana Constitution. So this case was in front of the court this week, and you know what the court's makeup is, so that's why this is scary. Um, So two things. One is if they say, yeah, we're going to overturn the law— you are going to start to see all these places say we want the taxpayers funding our religious institutions. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that can stop us. They're using that Trinity case from a couple of years ago sure. to say, yep, now you can use taxpayer money for religious stuff. It's, yeah. It would be horrible. The other side of now, here's what's interesting. They did the arguments this week. And John Roberts, the quote unquote swing voter, even though he's totally right wing, He was asking, among other things, because I think it seems like his M.O. these days is very much, if I can push this away Uh and not be controversial, I'll take that approach if I can. He seemed to be asking a lot of questions like, who's Espinoza in this case Uh bringing this? It's a mother um, who basically says, I want my kids to go to this Christian school or whatever, but they can't unless they have the scholarship money or something like that. Right. But the argument from some of the judges, including the liberal justices, was who cares what you want? This case involves money from the state to a school district has nothing to do with you. Uh So why are you bringing us this case? Oh. And Robert's questions, a lot of them suggested He's basically on board with that argument saying, you're the wrong person to bring this case. So mm-hmm. it would be easy for us to just say, we're dismissing it because you don't have legal standing. We don't have to rule on the merits of this. No one has to look bad. Let's just say no one has standing and pump like push this back to Montana or whatever where it's illegal uh-huh. or where they already ruled on it. That would be a wonderful decision because anything that says let's not rule on a church state <laughs> right. issue right now would be awesome. Right. Doesn't mean he's going to do it. We won't know for several months still. But there was at least some of that where it's like, he knows there's a way out of this. And Kenny, will he actually bite the bullet and do that? 
Let's hope. Right. But uh, that happened this week. Again, this would be, depending on how they rule on it, could be the biggest punch to the wall of church-state separation we've seen in a long time. Uh But they don't have to do that. I don't know. Scary stuff. The fact that they took up the case suggests those four conservative, other conservative justices, really wanted to crack at this. Yeah. Um, Don't know if Roberts feels the same way. Oh, my God. Everything's a nightmare. Um, Thank you. That is what I've been trying to tell you. (laughs) Uh, So Mike Pence is uh, speaking of Indiana. Mike Pence is being chill again. Um, So on Martin Luther King Day, um, Pence went to uh, an anti-LGBTQ church where an anti-LGBTQ pastor um, said that <laughs> uh, his name is uh, Bishop Jerry Wayne Taylor. He's a pastor and founder of the Holy City Church of God in Christ. Um, he said, quote, "It's a demonic spirit that causes another woman to want to lie with another with a, yeah, that causes another woman to want to lie with another woman. It's a de- demonic spirit that causes another man, a man to be attracted to another man. And then the man gets attracted this to This is me. his Martin Luther King sermon? Uh-huh. Yeah, wait, like, he'll, he'll talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> he'll talk about the dream part. And the man gets attracted to me, and he'll get in trouble. Don't put your hands on me. Classic gay panic. Jesus. Quote, God didn't make us for that. He made a man to be a man. Somebody, somebody said, if you know what God made you, then you go to the bathroom, check your plumbing. What kind of plumbing are you using? This is the worst sermon. Yeah. This sounds like a Trump rally where he's talking about toilets. Yeah, but the toilets are a metaphor for penises and vaginas. Oh. Um, So this guy is cool. So he's anti-gay, anti-trans specifically. Um, And so he made this this really cool speech. And um, (laughs) guess who who talked right after him or before him? So that was the opening act for Mike Pence? Um, yes. And then Mike Pence, like, sauntered out, and he (laughs) said, quote, I know in my heart of hearts, if we rededicate ourselves to the ideals he, MLK, Mm -hmm. advanced, if we strive to open doors of opportunities for every American, and if if we more faithfully follow the one that he followed, we'll see our way through these divided times. And, like, you know, before when we were talking about, like, oh, if you were... You know, a German citizen in yeah. 1930s Germany. Do you think you'd be hiding? Ju- hey, Mike Pence, do you think that if you were around in the 50s and 60s, do you think you'd be like marching on Washington behind MLK? Like, yeah, with do a you torch. Think you're the guy. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you're who he envisioned to lead this country, you like hypocratic motherfucker? Like, how dare you invoke Hippocratic. ML- hypocratic. What did. Hypocritical. There you go. Hippocratic oath. Uh, yeah. It's all good. It's been a long couple of weeks. It's okay. I, you know, and I heard myself say it, and I was like, there's no <laughs> way that's right, but I'm going to keep rolling because I'm on a roll. Remember um, when his wife, uh, she's probably still doing it, she took a job at a school that's also anti-gay? Like, if you have gay yeah, parents, like, you're not allowed to enroll your kids at the school? No. Nope. It's the same thing. This whole family is very anti-gay. They have no problem being around people or places that are anti-gay. Yeah. That's why, I mean, this doesn't surprise me. I mean, it should be horrific, but also that's his brand. Oh, for sure. Like, he... I just... It, it, MLK Day is such a wild holiday in the U.S. because he, you know, he was obviously an incredibly important figure and he's somebody who we're going to look to for, for generations. But, like, when the, like, FBI is like, we really miss MLK. Like, are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure you wrote him a letter to tell him to, like, kill himself. I don't think y'all were on this side of, like, Dr. King, guys. Like, this this sort of whitewashing of history of being like, yeah, we all loved Martin Luther King at the time. And we were all real sad when he got shot. And definitely none of us had anything to do with that. So, like... Good job, everybody. We we cured racism in the 60s. Nobody worry about it anymore. Um, anyway, so Mike Pence is the worst. I, I think here's, the th- here's maybe the tragedy of what's happening. You know what's sad? He's the best option right now. Republicans could totally impeach Trump, and they would still get 
a President Pence. Yeah, and I who, that's what I was going to say. What I don't get is why they don't take that option. That would fix all of their problems. Yeah, I do feel like uh, Donald Trump is a literal living monster. He's like the embodiment of Cthulhu. Mike Pence is also a fucking nightmare Don't creature. Don't you dare be smirched, Cthulhu. <laughs> I got my brother a Cthulhu dice tower. <laughs> so that's sort of how my family does. Pence is way scarier. Like I, You were about to say this. Like, Pence is, would be... Because Trump is awful and will do all the conservative Republican things, and also he's insane. Pence is not insane. He is like the guy who knows how to say all the right stuff but he pushes the same policies. Yeah. That's I'm, scarier. Uh, I'm, I'm gen- like a competent Trump would be really scary. Yeah. Scarier. I'm, I'm really torn because they're both monsters in such different ways, you know? Like, Pence is, I think, morally worse because he genuinely believes that gay people are evil, whereas Trump just says what he thinks will get him the most applause. Trump is just transactional on all this stuff. Pence is a dyed-in-the-wool believer on all this. However, I also don't think Pence would be as bad at international relations as Trump is. So it's really... I don't know if I agree. Only only in so much that he would like read the teleprompter when he's supposed to and would like listen to, I, I, th- in my opinion, I just want to go he back feels in like time a more cut and dried. Like, um, he feels like a more cut and dried traditional politician. That Imagine like, if I took a clip of you saying that and played it for 2015, Jessica, I will say and this. this is Jessica praising the possibility <laughs> of a president Pence who isn't as bad as it could have been. Yeah, well, that, that bitch was fucking naive, okay? <laughs> 2020, Jessica has seen some shit. She has experienced life. She has a dog she has to worry about. You could say this to 2019, Jessica, too. <laughs> no, I will say that I, on the um, the day after the election in 2016, um, my friend, my uh, group of friends of mine and I went to march in Chicago, and we had a long conversation about, like, is Trump worse than Pence? Like, given <laughs> given all of our options at this point, like, would you rather President Pence or President Trump? And at that time, we all said President Trump. Pence would have been worse. But I also, I don't know. It's really like, would you rather, like, drink arsenic or be hanged by the neck until dead? Like, either way, it's not a great outcome, but, like, what flavor of tor- torture do you like better? Do you want your insides to sort of like mm-hmm. revolt against you? Or do you want to slowly like die as the life is being choked out of you? It's hard to say, Hammond. Neither is a great choice. And I don't appreciate being being asked which one I would like better. This isn't, <laughs> this isn't the future I wanted for myself to say, do I want President Trump or President Pence? This isn't where I thought we would be. I thought I was going to be defending President Clinton on her issues that were maybe more moderate than I wish she had been. <laughs> but no, here we are. I hate everything. Everything's the fucking worst. Now you see where I'm at. No, I now never disagree that everything's the worst. I'm just saying like, <laughs> like big scale picture in a hundred years, things have to be better now than, than the, in the future than they are now. They have to be because I don't know how they can Oh, they could. I know. I said so, it, and I oh. heard it, and I knew it wasn't true. Oh, I true. can give you so many answers. I don't... How do you look in your kid's eyes and be like... Don't look at my kids. <laughs> Just a constant series of, I'm sorry I brought you into the world. Go back to sleep. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what we're going to do. I... I feel like I'm doing, I'm drowning in politics and paying attention and donating and volunteering. <laughs> the primaries haven't even started. And the primaries haven't fucking started. But also, like, I feel like I'm not doing fucking anything. I'm, I'm just in this weird thing that I'm so stressed about all that I am paying attention to, paying attention to. But also, like, am I doing anything? Am I doing anything of substance? What can I be doing? And I don't fucking know. Mm. I'm so tired. And we have another year of this. And already, you're like. The Sanders Warren shit is going on. I don't have time in my heart for that. It's 
make it easy. Just vote for Warren. All good. This is why I had to pour myself a glass of wine at noon to record this <laughs> stupid podcast because I fucking can't anymore. Like, we keep blowing out the mics because I'm yelling so much. That's why I've been talking so softly because I keep blowing out the mics because I'm so angry all the time. This sucks. On that happy note, patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Yeah. Hey, um, so Hannah and I are talking. So we're. So on Patreon, we have goals of, um, you know, when we hit this amount of donors, this amount of donations, we do X thing. We've actually cleared three out of the four of the things we have set up. So if anybody has any ideas of, like, things they would like us to do that are reasonably priced and that we can afford, let us know. They don't even have to be, like, more extreme. You know, like, we might, we're going to start doing, like, once we hit a certain amount of donors versus a certain amount of donations, we'll start doing things. So if anybody has any thoughts of, like, things they'd like to see us talk about or do like a book club or another movie that they want Hammond to watch. <laughs> oh my God. Um, one day. Yeah. Um, my interview with Cameron Esposito is up in the main feed. Yes, it is. Um, I'm really proud of it. I was very nervous, uh, going into it because I'm a very big fan of hers and I was afraid I was very fangirly, but according to people who've listened to it, it was okay. My husband listened to it. What? Look at that. He never listens to my shit. Um, so that's happening. Um, we're getting, we're working on getting transcripts up. So that's going to happen hopefully this month. Um, what else? I think that's it. Mm-hmm. We should start thinking about uh, doing another meetup in Chicago, like in the spring. I'm down. So we do one in October. So we should do something in like May. Yeah. When it's nice out. When it's nice out. Um, so that's happening. You can go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. If uh, you want to donate to what we're doing, we, uh, we spend a lot of time and effort putting this together yeah we've been spending a lot of money lately on equipment so everything you give to us goes back to the show um in one way or another and you can follow me on twitter at blueberry b-l-u-e-b-u-r-i-e i'm at haven't meta uh you can go to my uh my etsy shop uh, i do custom cross stitches uh, bitches get stitched done um stay tuned for on the patreon feed for the guy branham and the parvish china interviews that are going to be going up oh i have started rallying my friends i'm gonna start doing um the uh book club that i do the fables book club that i do on the bonus feed so it's just my friends and i read a book and then talk about it on the feed there's probably about six episodes up now i'm gonna start doing that again (sighs) i guess that's it um Email us, friendlyanthuspodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Anything else you want to say? I'm going to lose on Jeopardy next week. Oh, my God, you're in Jeopardy next week. I forgot. <laughs> I was so, like... Oh, it's all good. When are you in L.A.? Are you going to be able to record normally? No. Okay. Oh, we'll figure it out. All right. I'll be back next week. Okay. I can't tell you anything. Oh, yeah, that's going to be hard. But I feel like... I'll want to tell you everything. If it's going to be, like... Uh, I'm not going to be back for three more weeks. I'll be like, <laughs> I guess Mikey's hosting the show with me now. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. All right. Uh, bye, guys. Bye.